Peace and love. Welcome again to the NEPPC podcast. I'm Brother Frank, and I'm with the former political prisoner. And do hot Islam. Today's episode, we focus on Juneteenth and its relationship to political prisoners. You know, prior to us going into our discussion for today, we'd like to talk about our political prisoners update. Because it's very important that we stay in tune with what's going on with our brothers behind the wall and letting them know that they are their concerns um, are our concerns and their family's concerns are our concerns because they are our family. And so with that being said, I uh, just got informed about the Rise of Bauer situation. Uh, the, um, the lockdown has been slightly uplifted. He's able to make phone calls and let people know what's going on. A number of his letters were confiscated and uh, he was he was not able to get back all the addresses of the people that wrote to him. So I've been informed to tell those who wrote to him to write, uh, write back. Uh, there had been somebody in Queensbridge who did uh, receive uh, their letter from him, and um, he relayed the message to me and my brother Sugar Ray out of Queensbridge about not um, being able to write back because of, of him not being able to get back those addresses. Um, so we're going to write back to him, and we're going to continue to build that relationship because we can't be discouraged by the, the actions of the state. So Ravon's is still strong in his spirit. He sends everybody his love and appreciation. So let us continue to uh, stay in contact with our political prisoners. Um, Abdul Haq Islam on um, on the brother. Yeah, peace and love on uh, update. Imam Jamil Alameen has very very strong grounds for appeal. You know, and uh, I want to sh- uh, share this information with the people so they can put some pressure on the state. Uh, to uh, let this innocent brother free. When I was uh, staying in Atlanta, attending Imam Jamil's uh, trial, I graffitied the entire city with Imam Jamil is innocent. You know, the whole city, I graffitied it with that. You know, but indeed he is innocent. Ground uh, for his appeal now is um, the fact that Otis Jackson has admitted that he was the shooter in the case. The Fulton County Integrity Unit, Unit has interviewed him and they've also looked at the wounds on his body that are consistent with uh, the uh, uh, police officer saying that he shot the shooter. You know, uh, the, uh, uh, the, uh, the case has been uh, taken up by the Innocence Project and also the investigation, the, the Fulton County DA is playing a, a role, a, a leadership role in the investigation. So, you know, that is very encouraging that the DA themselves would be involved you know, in this. So we need the, the uh, political pressure from the people to uh, set our brother free. This is a brother, very, very strong brother. Well, Many, many individuals, you know, from the uh, loop and proletariat to come out of some of their, you know, their habits, their, their ways of life, you know, glorifying uh, material things, you know, a criminal lifestyle, you know, being um, slaves to uh, lower desires, sex and drugs and all this type of stuff. You know, um, Imam Jamil, at the, the prayer called Fajr in the morning, it would be just as crowded as the prayer called Juma prayer. 
is under control of the shaitan to jump up to make that prayer and many, many people under Imam Jamil's spiritual guidance and influence, you know, had the spiritual power to get up the Pfizer, you know, and crowd the mass kid. You understand? And um, you know, uh like I say, uh very, very powerful innocent uh, evidence that the brother is innocent and must be free. Uh June tenth, uh, Brother Frank Rose that uh, um there is a difference between a celebration and a commemoration. In a celebration, you know, it's like a party. You know, get down, get drunk. You know, uh, sometimes act a fool. You know, uh, a, a commemoration, you get historical lessons. You uh, get an essence, you know. And Juneteenth, part of the great historical essence of Juneteenth is glory. The glory of African soldiers, of black soldiers fighting, you understand, with intense warrior spirit, indomitable courage, you understand, a, a, a will that cannot be suppressed, you know, uh, standing up against a force that was seen as much much greater than them, a force that has gone around the world, you understand, committing um, some of the worst, worst atrocities imaginable, you know, uh, half a billion murders in order to build wealth and empire, you know, uh, these were soldiers that stood up, you know, against all this uh, 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 worldly power, and the parallel between them and our freedom fighters is that our political prisoners were also liberators who stood up, you know, for the self-defense of black people, for the advancement, to, 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 to bring us out of the shackles of slavery and oppression, you understand, and terrorism, you know, because the system, the violence of the system is designed, you understand, to, uh, to, to make you bow down, you understand, as we bow down in prayer, like the enemy is God, you know, it's a, it's a system found to make we want you to, to prostrate, you understand, to something which is uh you know seen as superior to white supremacy, you understand? And, uh, and this is what we fought against, you understand? And Juneteenth commemorates the victory of the civil war, you understand? Um and you know as we uh, 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 commemorate Juneteenth we learn more and more uh, evidence, uh, more and more information uh, 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 about this about this historical date. You know, one thing I learned just a couple of days ago that Abe Lincoln wrote a letter saying that the North was losing the war. The only way that the North could uh, sustain itself and win the war was to arm the black slaves. About five years before that, they had taken guns out of the hands of, of, of the black people, you know, sort of the uh, white supremacists, where they, they would have all the guns and that we would be weaponless, you understand, and therefore uh, uh, oppressed, you know, and kept, and kept in a state of slavery. But Abe Lincoln and I said that we must arm the black slaves because the North was losing the war, and indeed, it was the black slaves, you understand, armed black men with guns in their hand that won the war 
and um, they try to keep that secret, they try to keep that information away from black people because they still wanted to get some free labor out of them. They didn't want us to know that the war was over and the slavery was over and finally the black people in Galveston, Texas got the information, you understand? And that is uh, the, um, the date the date of, 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 of Juneteenth. So it is very, very important that we understand and teach what it's all about, you understand? Something, there was an incident that happened on this Juneteenth weekend which should stimulate that teaching, which should stimulate uh, the organizers and teachers in the black community to really, really teach hard about the real essence of Juneteenth. Uh, in various cities around America, there were 12 murders and 100 people wounded on Juneteenth, and this should stimulate us that, you know, the, 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 the Juneteenth is not the 4th of July. The 4th of July is usually the day that our people get out in the street and act a fool, celebrating the lie and, and kill one another and wound one another you know, and get drunk. You understand? That's usually the day that they do that type of stuff. So this is not the 4th of July. This is a, a day that celebrates the, 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 the freedom and liberation of our people and we must, and that is understanding that essence, we must celebrate and commemorate and fight for the freedom of our liberators, of our political prisoners who fought for our freedom and, 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 and in fact the, the so-called powers that be they say that they rather deal with those uh, mild-mannered one uh, folks who were uh, was talking about civil rights than to deal with the militants, you know, uh, and, and, and and you know, play that and, and the, the the militant black man, you understand, know, played a very very important role in everything uh, that we have had the, the uh, limited and uh, 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 you know degree of progress that we made in this country, you know, you understand, the militant people, the warriors, you understand, they played a very, very fundamental role in all that, Black Power. Right. Uh, very sharply said and appreciated, uh, because when we talk about our liberation struggle, we talk about our self-determination, we talk about people who make commitments to moving this forward. That's why um, in our introduction, we put up the story of Jojo Bauer. Mm -hmm. You want to check it out? There's a number of resources. Keep on talking. There's a number there's of resources. There's another brother. That, that's another brother who stood up against great odds. You understand? Absolutely. And in the spirit, you understand, of our liberation fighters. So Jojo Bowen, you know, he served a uh, number of years. They gave him life, and uh, you know, he was very uh, committed to the advancement of his people. Uh, great against great odds, and he he knew how far he had to take it. And uh, we can't be afraid of of these type of heroes because these are combatants, these are warriors, and they're fighting for our liberation. You know, our conservation, our oppression is not pretty. Our liberation will not be pretty. And you know, there's extremes that uh, we have to go to to um, to have our our justice served, our liberation met. And these extremes are sacrifices. And uh, our political prisoners understand that, and they're willing to make those commitments and those sacrifices. So we can't ignore them. We have to bring it to them. I gave a number of resources of 
organizations that are doing this work, uh, you can get, get in contact uh, with these organizations to get further updates on political prisons. Because that's one of the adjustments that we're making on this show is to start off by giving you updates on political prisons. Uh, Ed Poindexter, I still haven't received any current update as as uh, as I had last time when they was trying to deal with his situation with his leg because uh, he had his leg, part of his leg amputated, and uh, now he's in a situation where he can't move around uh, the way he once did. And, uh, you know, that's uh, that's inhumane, right? Uh, regardless of what uh, somebody's incarcerated for, they still are a human being, and they still need to be treated or dealt with in uh, humane conditions. And the only way that that can happen is that the state receives pressure from common people, working-class people, people like you and I, who are taxpayers, and our taxpaying dollars are used to uh, incarcerate uh, so-called criminals. But our freedom fighter, like JoJo Bowen, like um, Ed Poindexter, like uh, many others, we cannot forget about them, Joy Powell, and so many more. We need to make time to discuss uh, their sacrifices. And while we celebrate, or rather commemorate, uh, that's right, we have to correct that uh, uh, position. We have to commemorate um, our historical victories or our places in history because Juneteenth is uh, still not over. It's still a uh, struggle to be free. We're still not yet free. So we have to understand that. And uh, we have to further commit ourselves to the roles that we need to play to make freedom possible. Uh, and that's why our political presence is so important. When we talk about Juneteenth. We talk about um, us people of African descent are having uh, this moment in history where a certain type of arrangement with the state has changed. That came through the sacrifices and commitment of political prisoners back then, and, and it relates to political prisoners right now because the same level of commitment is, sacrifice, is needed. There's people who are willing to do work, willing to go to meetings, willing to uh, give out some leaflets, willing to read, willing to give out, um, to, to give lectures and to write books. And, you know, those are all necessary. There's musicians that compose great um, songs like Liz Wright, that song of uh, Freedom. It's a beautiful, very powerful, very inspirational uh, song. Those are all needed. And I would never um, undermine or, or, or reduce somebody's commitment to our liberation struggle. But the political prisoners, they are most needed because they remind the state of how serious this matter of people being denied certain things that they have no business being denied, being uh, deprived of certain things that they should not be deprived of. And these political prisoners are, are freedom fighters. They're willing to pull it all on the line to make that happen and to let the state know that, you know, the people that they love will not be uh, treated any way. People that they love will be protected. Because love is not passive, it is active. You have to get busy. You have to use it as what it is. Rather, apply it to your life as the way it should be applied. Because it's a verb. It's an action word. It's something that you do not say, as Matulu said. So we have to understand that the political president embodies that. So when we talk about Juneteenth, it's very important that we look at it from a position that this happened and this, this victory or, the, or, or this moment in time that put us in a position to uh, get that ultimate goal, that ultimate victory of freedom came through sacrifices and commitment. So when we have these commemorations of Juneteenth, make sure we uh, recognize our political prisoners' position in that. Recognize 
uh, their love for us, recognize the lessons that they taught us. Because when we deal with commemoration, we're dealing with lessons that we need to learn, inspirations that we uh, gain to continue this struggle. Because some of us get tired, all of us get tired, right? You take a breath, you take a few minutes to, to get yourself back, but then you come out fighting harder. You give it all you have, you put it all on the line. So our political prison needs to be discussed, needs to be recognized, we need to do what we need to do to get the job done to bring them home. Uh, for those of you who happen to be in uh, Brooklyn, New York, from the days of July 1st to July 4th, uh, it'll be the International African Arts Festival. We'll be having a table. So come on, uh, by our table, have a discussion with us, uh, purchase what we have available to purchase, um, the information. Uh, you can find, just go online, to, um, International African Arts Festival. Contact me. Go Mary Park, that's on Flushing Avenue. Uh, near the Navy Yard, Commodore Berry Park. That's where the uh, African Arts Festival is. No, that's right. That's what it, this is about. This is about discussion, right? We, we put up this podcast so we can exchange ideas and we sharpen our understanding on ideas. And sometimes we make some errors and some mistakes, but then we come back and we keep moving. We keep moving harder to produce the top quality product. So we encourage those who are listening to subscribe to the YouTube channel. We currently have 211 subscribers. We want to increase that subscription because we know with the increase of a subscription, that amplifies our voice further and that lets political prisoners be heard uh, any and everywhere where uh, our podcast is accessible. You can also check us out on at Spotify. And I think that this very important episode because a lot of times when people think about Juneteenth, they view it as a day off. A day not to go to work. But yeah, there's other work that needs to take place. Just because you're not going to the, the routine job that you held for so many years doesn't mean that you don't have no work to do as a person of African descent, as a person that's been uh, oppressed for so long that you have to um, do the necessary work to understand what's at stake, to understand why this moment in time is so important because the arrangement of things have been changed at one level and it has to be changed at another level for all of us to be the recipients of something that's definitely beneficial for us long term. Because we're not only doing this for us, we're doing this for the future generations. Because you look at people uh, talk about a generation uh, curse has been passed down or a generation uh, misfortune has been passed down. But uh, we say that there must be a generation of organizers. We need to pass that on to another generation. That's why a document with the work that you're doing, that's in the interest of the collective. So another generation know what they need to do and get it done. Because uh, if we don't do that, then this next generation is going to inherit our problems. They're going to um, wonder why that they why they have so much to deal with. What was the generation prior doing? And that's why we discuss political prisons now, because until we're completely free, until we are uh, in a position to uh, acquire state power, there's going to be political prisons on our side because our political prisons are struggling for power for us because power dictates what's going to happen to you on an everyday basis. And our power is the only way that you can control your destiny. So our political prisons did that. They fought hard. They fought uh, day in, day night, blood, sweat, and tears. The least we can do is make time to write them. The least we can do is to make time to talk about them, evaluate their cases, 
on uh, what happened, what their case is, uh, at least uh, communicate with people who are actively involved in their committee, their case, these defense committees. These are uh, uh, community activists, uh, uh, people who will bring the idea of political prisoners to a community and let the community know that you can do something, you can stand up, you can fight back. You cannot ignore injustice by uh, ignoring the, uh, the concerns of political prisoners or just ignoring the fact that political prisoners exist. So, you know, Juneteenth has been uh, recognized. Uh, some incredible work has been done. And I think uh, there's been a role played in this commemoration of events and programs because that's what it should be. If you're doing a celebration, you know, you want to tweak that. You want to get it to a commemoration. You want to make the distinction between celebration and commemoration. So I do how Islam, uh, you know, when I introduce you, I always say former political prisoner, right? I always want the audience to understand that you were behind the walls for a cause. Uh, at this moment in time, when we talk about the struggle uh, to commemorate Juneteenth, let's, uh, let's take a brief uh, uh, turn, right, or direction, rather, into talking about... Um, your defense committee, if you had any defense committees, what was some of the methods and tactics that they used to raise awareness about you, and how could that be utilized today when we talk about political presence? Well, you know, one thing, uh, uh, you know, folks put uh, my picture everywhere <laughs> in the street, you know. Uh, they have programs, to, uh, uh, you know, uh, you know, free uh, after hot programs. You know, which I really, really appreciated. Uh, letter letter writing uh, campaigns. You know, um, and uh, this was a consistent uh, a thing that was happening. You know, while I was incarcerated. You know, and uh, I'm very, very grateful you know, to uh, those, uh, particularly you know, among the December 12th movement, who uh, put my name out there, put my case out there. The information in my case, you know, and, um, you know, uh, this is something that all our political prisoners need because they are very, very valuable to our struggle. You know, as a lot of us know who have studied history, we know that the role that the enemy used in fear, in intimidating, you understand, to make you feel that uh, you're small like an ant. To be stepped on, you understand? But when we gather our forces together and organize, you understand? And when that warrior spirit grows, when that heart grows large, you understand? Then we feel our power. We, we become very, very confident, and we know indeed that we can win. And um, these, this is what our political prisoners are all about, you know, in the spirit of those. Black slaves who took guns and ended slavery, you understand? That is what ended slavery. Turning the other cheek did not end slavery. You, you dig? When you turn the other cheek, you understand, your enemy will tell you to turn around and some more cheeks that he wants to pat on and might even sodomize a lane. You understand what I'm saying? So, it ain't to turn the other cheek, uh, you know, uh, it's, it's not nothing that uh, we can uh, say has any political value at all. We won, you understand, through struggle, through fighting, you understand, and that fight needs to be in our blood, 
prisoners and, and, and prisoners of war must become a very, very powerful movement among black people. Because if it ain't, you understand, that's suicide. That's self-destruction. Not to support those who fought for your self-defense to save your life, to save the lives of you and your family and your babies. Not to, to stand up and fight for them is suicide. So we say, what is the call? Free them all. Yes, powerful words. You know, we're getting uh, close to the end of this episode, but I just want to take some time to just shout out to uh, an anonymous contributor um, to me and us, rather, the NEPPC and that work. That money is going to definitely be uh, uh, donated to our cause, and we are very appreciative appreciative of your contributions because we know that people work hard for their money, so they should uh, be respected when they make that donation. Uh, so we just want to say thank you. Uh, uh, I don't want to put your name out there because you just gave me the money without uh, saying why you were giving me the money. So maybe you just want to be anonymous. And I appreciate that. So donate at Cash App, Safus and Kofa. Uh, when you donate, just uh, maybe let me know what you want done with the money. Uh, if you want to let me know at all. But again, uh, if you want to give anonymously, I respect that. I just always like to have that dialogue with somebody. So uh, when you give me some money, I can know, I'll let you know what's going to be done. I can send you a photo of what's been being done with it or what's in the process, the plan, uh, rather, to be done with it. Because I can talk about it on, on this podcast. Because one of the things that uh, we have to do is, you know, we have to uh, uh, pay for transportation to, uh, to get to this location. Uh, uh, and there's other things that come along with it, you know, and, and because people are taking time out of their day to get something done. So it's definitely not something that uh, comes without expenses because sometimes we don't see the expenses, but they are always there. But regardless of what, whether we have to do it of out of out our own pocket and we don't get compensated for it, it's going to be done because we realize we have a moral debt to pay to our political prisons because they sacrifice so much. Uh, you know, we wouldn't have an eight-hour workday without the sacrifice of political prisons. Right. Uh, we wouldn't have uh, any type of uh, so-called privileges or In the child labor, all that. Yeah. That came from sacrifice. Oppressive conditions. Exactly. Conditions, yeah. We think our conditions are bad now. Uh, they'll be a lot worse without political prisons. So let us understand that. Let us give just do and let us continue to fight to bring them home. We say fight to a political prisoner. We have the information, the contact. Uh, if you don't see it, the information on, on the screen, contact me at 347-679-3936. Uh, just write me a letter or, or write me a text, rather, uh, who you want uh, information to contact regarding writing to a letter. Writing uh, to a political president. Uh, excuse me. All right, so that concludes this episode. Brother, you have any closing remarks before we shut it down until next week? I guess I'll just bring, you know, love, you know, that, that's all, you know, to share some love, you know, the political business, um, uh, uh, showed and participated in the greatest acts of love for you, you understand, they, they sent their love to you, and, and so, uh, send some love back, you know, and, um, uh, let that be the word, let that be, let that be the vibe, you understand, and, uh, when we come together as people and love one another, Indeed, we will be free. Love is power. Okay, there's a very great connection between love and power. We're talking about black power, 
peace and love. Don't let political prisoners die in prison. Thank you again for tuning in to the NAPPC podcast. Please contact us at 347-679-3936. Again, that's 347-679-3936 about participating in this very important work. Um, please donate a dollar at Cash App, Safu Sankofa, S-E-F-U-S-A-N-K-O-F-A. Uh, email me at Safu Sankofa, S-E-F-U-S-A-N-K-O-F-A. O-F-A at Gmail. Safe travels. Peace.